0: Story of Jesus. Really reliable or fabulous fable? If it was between the eyes, it would blind you. But instead, right alongside of your daily grind is where it finds you. I start walking your way, you start walking mine. We meet in the middle, meet that old Georgia pine. We gain a lot of ground, cause we both give a little. Ain't no It's time for another unbuckled bumpy ride with your guide, the star-craving lunatic himself. I'm Jim. Let's jump right in again. Welcome to my podcast based on my brand new book, available on Amazon live life lean l-e-a-n it's a year-long guide to gratitude and our daily grind the book that combines some timeless wisdom from a whole lot of the world's wiser people with the reflections reactions and wisecracks of the guide's author me and it guides you the reader through the simplest system for a happy healthy authentic and genuinely grateful everyday experience I urge you to get the book of course I do I wrote it it's either Amazon or at my website, amperage.com, A-M-M-P-U-R-A-G-E. But even without it, let's make next week better than last, our next year better than the past, and get started now with today's episode of... To some, the story of Jesus just doesn't make enough sense. It was that way for a lot of folks, even in Jesus' time. You know, the ones who were right there, ground zero. First-hand eyewitnesses, and yet still, it didn't make sense to them. See, back then there were these believers who were awaiting an answer. An answer to the pain and problems. An answer for the oppression that they felt because their homeland had been occupied by a foreign empire. The Romans, you may have heard of them. Those believers, the believer I'm talking about, they believed that they would be delivered and saved, so they awaited and anticipated a victory through the powerful hand of their God. So. A baby? Born in a manger? Nah, that can't be the answer they were looking for. And today, there are those for whom the Jesus story must, they say, must just be exactly that, a story. Because if God existed and was all-powerful and really cared about us down here, well, then God would prevent painful atrocities. It's only fair. And an all-powerful, all-knowing God would heal those who didn't deserve to suffer from some painful disease that they had from birth. It would just make sense that God, if God wanted us to know God, would tell us today, in our modern world, in our modern way, and not expect us to buy into some old Stone Age tale that was passed from mouth to ear on papyrus before pens even existed. No, God should show us all of God's power so the whole world would believe. And then, well, then there would be peace. See, that's how a real God would do it. Virgin birth? B.S. Stories of fishermen and feeding, just 5,000 people? When we have a planet on the brink of either starvation at one end or annihilation on the other? It sounds like a fishy story to me. See, those people, if they're going to buy into God, they feel they deserve a God that's bigger, better, bolder than anything Hollywood and the Defense Department and Walt Disney combined can construct. Now that, to them, is what would be believable about a God. And God said, Oh, you faithless generation, how long, how many times will I suffer putting up with your faithfulness? See, I didn't say that. Jesus did. In Matthew and Mark, he then, after saying it, he went on about his business, providing, healing, resurrecting first others, then himself. He set the example. Yeah, I know. It probably would have been better in some people's minds if uh if the story went in a way that god had done a, a better job i don't know of getting our attention from the beginning hmm i mean come on a virgin giving birth in some horse stall because there was no room at the same type of hotel where they were told hey you can check in, check out anytime you like but you, you can never leave oh no hang on that was the hotel california not the inn that told mary and joseph hey sorry we got so little space we can't afford you see Wouldn't it have been so cool if Jesus could have just died and resurrected from the dead at the beginning? Get your big trick out there first to impress and get everyone's unquestioning attention. Then, well, then spend some time here on earth performing miracles to support the message. But God knew different. Jesus knew. They knew something true to human nature that was beyond culture. God knew that people don't care how much you can do or how much you can show or how much you know until they know how much you care. So God had Jesus meet us where we already were and where we already are today. It's possible that that's the way it happened because that's the way God knows the limits of what the human brain can understand. Uh, Some folks might say, though, it's possible that that is the way it was written to have happened. That's the way it was written to have happened because that's the way the human brain can understand it. In other words, it was written, according to them, in a way that made sense to human capacity to understanding. Well, let me ask, how could we write something that we could not conceive, right? But how could we even become something that we could not believe that we could conceive? Faith is an acceptance of something that can't be proven. Belief is stronger than that. So it's possible that that is the way it actually happened. Because God knows the limits of what the human brain can understand. Yeah, that can happen when you build something. God is above us to a far greater level than we are to all the little creepy crawlies in the dirt. To ants, we can be as scary as gods. To God, we could be as simple and small as ants. But imagine, if you created ants and you cared about your creation, well, how does that work? See, But if you love ants, you want them to know that, hey, everything's going to be okay in the end, right? So, (laughs) you can invent the ant farm. Thank you, Milton Bradley, I believe. Ant farms, anyone? You know, that low-tech toy is still around. It's held up in our high-tech world of slick computer games and short attention spans. You know, would you believe, I read there's an average of 30,000 ant farms and 900,000 ants. That's scary. Almost a million ants sold every month. A few tiny annoying little facts about ant farming. An ant farm is called a formicarium. It is a vivarium, which is a terrarium with life, which is designed primarily for the study of ant colonies and how ants behave. Those who study ant behavior are known as myrmecologists. No, not mermaid studiers, myrmecologists, M-Y-R. It can be difficult to pin down the average life expectancy of an ant colony in in captivity. I'm not sure my memory holds accurately, but the standard estimate, I think, is six months to a year, sometimes longer. But if you have an ant farm, I mean, it's not like a dog that you can train and teach and talk to and expect it to respond to you, right? I mean, how can a big old human like you talk to a bunch of ants, huh? Well, I'll tell you what doesn't work. Yelling at them. Yelling at them like they don't hear you. you know, Like you yell louder or something. I know. I know they heard me. I was like six, but I could be loud for a six-year-old. You want to know what else doesn't work? Tapping their glass walls and shaking their little world around them. It doesn't establish a very communicative, trusting relationship. No, but in hindsight, I know what would have worked. But it was beyond my capability. Not the capability of me being a six-year-old boy. No, my capability, period, ever, just for being human. See, if you want to communicate with ants, don't stand above them and yell or whisper or perform sign language to them. If you want to communicate with ants, become one and be among them. If you want to communicate with ants, just become one and be among them. If you want to communicate with something, someone who's not at all capable of understanding your perspective, go to meet them right where they're at. And let them know that you understand what they're going through by going through it with them. Oh, that's right. Born in a stall. Tough life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God now more words of wisdom to wow your socks off from the Live Life Lean Guide itself. Entry number 14. An ant on the move does more than a dozing ox. Lao Tzu. And the guide's point of view on this? Yeah, well, a dozing ox maybe. But a snoozing Midwestern cow can get tipped over and undo an entire family of ants' plans. And their pilfered picnic. So what do you think about this? Using the Live Life Lean Guided Journal system, what have you learned recently that's new? What have you earned that wasn't just handed to you? Where have you added to the world that wasn't only about you? Now be grateful for all of that, reflect on it, respect it, and navigate somewhere next. Thank you for listening. I hope you're enjoying your copy of the Live Life Lean, L-E-A-N guide. Enjoying it almost as much as I did creating it. And if you don't have a copy yet, Go on over to Amperage.com or Amazon and get started today experiencing the amazing power of knowing every day is literally yours to be grateful about, and you need never feel unfulfilled again. I'm Jim Hall, and until next time, good health, God bless, and now go get a little dirty learning something new, earning what's not given to you, adding to this crazy world that we share, and navigating your way to something new and next.